0: for organizing this event that's really cool I'll try to share my screen and see how that works we practiced it before so it should hey here it is so agile leadership that's a topic I'm super passionate about I actually started as a developer And then I became a scrum master, long journey, long story short. And then I became a manager of, uh, actually a director of uh, the biggest department we have in the organization. And um, HR director at the same time, which is kind of fun we technically can transform the entire organization into something which I would nowadays call Agile organization. So this talk is a collection of those, um, this story pretty much, what I learned there and uh, how they like to see leadership and organizations nowadays. I just finished my uh, second English speak English language book, like the full-time one. So uh, it's called Agile Leader. It's going to be published sometime this year, we'll see. So, um, and we don't have that many people here. So 32 right now. So that's a nice group, which means if you have any question, feel free to ask at a time. And we know I don't have to go through all the slides because slides are not that important. But I start with a story, right? And um, the story, one summer afternoon, right, 2010, I was given the three departments of uh, testers, developers, and hardware guys. The biggest department in that organization just being created, right? And I was asked uh, to form a single department called engineering from those. The real reason was that we want to hire collaboration, hire flexibility. And ability to build across functional teams across those three domains because our customers have been asking for it, and uh, our original three departments have their managers, and those managers somehow been fighting with each other about everything. No, that's my project, I can't give you my people to that one, and you can have your people at my project. Things like that really funny, maybe not, who knows? So, interesting things. Funny things, interesting journey. And I was asked to come up with my own idea on how do I want to run my department? Next week, you know, executive meeting. So I went home. I was sitting in the garden. It was a weather like today, quite hot, nice, sunny, you know, a little bit like before the storm a little bit. And I started to think about all of those people coming to me, all of those questions, all of those requests. And all of those things, like, can I have a vacation? Or can you approve my, you know, new notepad I need to buy? I was like, I don't want to do that. What shall I do? It's just like too much. So I start to think, like, slowly by slowly giving up and start to think about the hierarchy, right? Maybe, maybe I should just give up, right? Why do I have to fight with the system all the time? Why I can't just, you know, have a manager's. Like usually people do, right? It's that simple. Just give up your ultimate dream of a flat organization and have those managers. The next day brought a new light. I got the courage to present later that week. A very different structure uh, based on the self-organizing teams and no managers. It was kind of fun. When I entered that executive meeting, our chairman, you know, older guy, who's got, I would say he's got a hierarchy, hard coded in his DNA. So he started that meeting. So we are all excited to know who are gonna be your managers and what is the structure in your organization. And I was like, oh my God, it's gonna be a nightmare. What should I do? Right? I have no managers there. What shall I say? And then I didn't know what to say better. So I just started saying like, whatever I prepared. But I started differently. I asked him, so, I'll talk about the engineering structure, but uh, let's go back in the reasons why we decided to change. Why did you get me here at the first place at all? Why are we building this department? And I repeated those, like we want to have flexibility. You know that our customers have been asking about faster teams, collaborative pro environment, etc. And they've been nodding, pretty much saying like, yes, that's correct. You can feel it, right, from their responses. And as I so, I did the research, I continued. And I've been looking into similar companies like we are, how they do it. And I come up with a very different structure that you might be expecting, but actually it's flat organization based on self-organizing teams and no managers. And when I've been finishing my sentence, you could already see from their eyes, like that's not what they've been expecting. Definitely not. They knew better about me, etc. So the chairman finally, he said, so you want to make it agile, huh? I was like, yeah, because, because, you know, that's, um, I don't even know what I said, right? they're like, okay, let's try that. After all, we said a change, we want to be this modern organization, and he continues with something. I still kind of, miss like puzzled, like, why did he say yes to my super crazy idea, having this whole department with like no managers, no structure, nothing, but he did. And I think uh, when I thought about it, two reasons. First, if you just choose someone, you don't want to tell him no. The first meeting is the first idea. The second, more important, I actually link it to the results. I didn't tell them I want to be agile because it's cool or because I like it. I told them at the time we need to be more flexible. There are those customers who need us to act differently. We need to change in order to be competitive. So that was like super interesting moment. I would say he's been not really happy about his decision. He's been complaining in his mind, what did I do, this crazy decision, right? But then he made it, he was okay. So our first learning point here, Agile is not your goal. It's just the best way how to achieve your goals, but make sure you find them because before you find them, well, then no one can do it for you. You can't implement Agile just because it's in the newspaper. So that's the first learning point. And I thought how to make this weird virtual thing more interactive and I didn't know how many people we have. I could have asked um, 35 people to speak up, but I thought uh, we might wanna do this uh, menti.com exercise. right? So if you can go to menti.com, yeah. I might need to restart it. And uh, here it is, here is this code. If you go to menti.com and use the code 38572, you shall see a screen which tells you what are your goals? Why would you change the way you work? Let's imagine how you work right now. Why would you change it? What would be the real goal? And write it down, click enter, and then you can write another one, click enter, and we should start seeing responses,
1: hopefully soon after. Can you s- either, can you drop that in the chat box? The, um, is it the spelling of it and then the code again, please? Okay, I think I can do that. But you
0: should see it on the screen, right?
1: No, we still see your slide with your Agile is not the goal. Oh, that's weird. Maybe unshare and share again and that will help. Oh, there we go.
0: All right. That's weird because some people start answering, so they've been added too fast. Here it is.
1: Oh, there we go, there we go. Thank you so much. There that was
0: it. weird. Okay, <laughs> but here it is. Cool menti.com and i'm just writing into the chat and uh, three eight five seven two technology you can never be prepared enough for it Oh, flexibility, a couple times. It's bigger. Now you can see it. By the way, if you repeat something, it should become bigger.
2: Still moving, still moving. Value flexibility, so far winning. Keep everybody busy,
0: yeah, that's interesting one. Control delivery, organizational alignment, resilience in uncertainty, learning, deliver fast. Ah, Flexibility, value delivery
2: is now the winner. Cool.
0: Cute. So I'm glad to hear that you guys are having your own reasons, right? Because unless you have those reasons, there is no change really meaningful and no change can be successful. So I continue with my story here. If I find the place where it continues here. So traditionally, you can still maybe, I think the mentee should be still on so you can still answer if you want. Then I share with you the screens, like what is the winner, right? But for now, traditional organization. That's my image of a traditional organization, this hierarchy, right? It's a little bit artistic hierarchy, but there's still a hierarchy. So that's where we all start mentally. That's where I started. And then when you start changing the organization, right, you create those small things, small,
2: tiny islands of agility. So you came
0: up with a team spirit somewhere scrum somewhere else self-organization extreme programming practices per programming more programming, programming and so on and so on and so on more and more and more of those and once it's become even bigger then actually it's kind of a washing machine where you have this agile kind of way of working and mindset constantly clashing and moving and mixing up with traditional processes, roles, rules, responsibilities, and everything. And that's ugly. That's a difficult part of any agile transformation. And once you have that, then very often, my manager, my chairman of the board at that time, right, he's been coming and drinking my door all the time and asking like, yeah, I got all that, but who is responsible? That's the most common question you get. Who is responsible for this? And I am having a trouble to answer that question because I was like telling him, "Hey, you know what? The teams are no, no, that's not possible. Teams can't be responsible." Okay. Well, well, then um, at the end of the day, I am responsible as the only director here in that flood structure, right? No, 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 that can't be you all for all, everything. That, and we continue that conversation, right? It depends how you look at it. You know, that self-organization, that's how it works. How about if you join me and we go and have a look at those meetings so you know how those teams works? How about if you join me for the sprint reviews so you see it, and so on and so on. Kind of funny. But eventually, sooner or later, those people who are opening your doors and they're completely lost. They got it and they mostly click. Those two organizations from this washing machine just click together and you create this network, collaborative, creative, adaptive network. And there is a quiet space, quiet time. Nothing is happening. And there is a calm. It's just a little bit moving there and back and there and back and there and back. When I was explaining what this agile organization means to me, I thought. Collaborative, creative, adaptive network. But then when I say it, it's too techy. People say, what do you mean by network? Or what do you mean by system? Or what does that really mean? So I thought I need a better metaphor. Maybe network is too techy. So let's come up with something else. And they came up with a uh, living organism. It's like a body, right? So your organization has different parts like this and they are interconnected with each other. So you can't move this hand far over here while this hand is going far over there. I mean, there is a certain flexibility, but that's about it. I can't move it further from each other. And if I'm cold by my hands, I usually feel it in my body anyway, a bit at least, right? Etc. Etc. So those senses, they're interconnected. It's like a body and it's adaptive because if you walk outside in the middle of the winter, with just your t-shirt and you get a shock like oh it's cold outside i didn't know that then you decide what shall i do next what can i do next and maybe you decide to actually go back take a you know cap and a coat and gloves and walk or you say yeah it's just a little chilly i'm gonna run and warm up myself you know some of your decisions has some consequences maybe unpredictable by the way maybe you become stronger because you decide to walk like this outside and maybe you become ill or even worse so you never know it's an adaptive, creative collaborative system which is learning every single minute from each other from those interactions from everything and uh,
2: i think there's a core because it's
0: hard to describe it It doesn't have an exact shape. It's changing its form. So it's kind of a living creature without a shape. And that's dangerous, usually. So people are afraid of it, unless they experience it and find how nice it is. So when we've been describing this structure and this type of organizations to our chairman, he was afraid of that. And once he said, like, well, well, what if it doesn't like me or something? we he say, hey, you know, you can't do much about it. This whole organization is self-organized, right? So they will try to work with you and take you in. And then they would either embrace you or they would just kick you out. I don't think it was the smartest analogy I ever used. But actually it worked. He's been using it a couple of times. And actually we've been able to kick out one of our CEOs who didn't fit that culture. But that was really interesting story, but that's for another talk, maybe. So, after all, there is one thing you need to do leaders need to change first, the organization will follow. And by the way, I'm not using leaders here as a managers because there are no managers in a flat organization. I am using a leader as a state of mind. Everyone here, as you're listening, are leaders every one of you is a leader every one of you can take a stance and say hey i have this idea and then the others will either follow or not will either help you and support you or not but are we vulnerable enough to start it and have this question and have this clear idea maybe crazy idea as i did of building this completely flat structure in our organization and going against all of those traditional experiences so leaders need to change first the organization will follow it's all about you if you change you change the people around you they start changing and it's like a snowball effect then
2: i have two other questions for you in this uh about the culture this time and um, here it is i go back one more back culture the first question about the culture it's a little bit slow sorry for that
0: is what is your current culture? So there is a new code. So for those of you who didn't uh, use it, go to menti.com. For those of you who use it the last time, write a different code. So you might need to go to the menti.com from scratch and write this time 515886. What is a current culture? How would you describe it? If it's just one expression you use, what it would be?
2: Can you see that? Yes, it does show.
0: Ah, now it works. So we have slow, unflexible, politics, Ah, collaborative, that's better. <laughs> current culture, current culture. And you know the process, right? If you repeat the same word, it becomes bigger. If you feel like that's you as well. Frustrating. Mm -hmm. It's always hard to read those words. Like, my dream is that I gave you this exercise sometime in the future. And that in that time in the future, there will be no difference with my first question of current culture and my second upcoming question of desired culture. That would be a nice place to be at. Command control, politics is the winner. Unflexible, frustrating, deadline-driven. Political,
2: changing, slow, Top down.
0: Politics, silos, silos are clearly the winner. All right, so now finish your writing. I will change to a different, the second question. The second question, it should go automatically to you, hopefully, let's see is desirous culture. So it should automatically refresh. If it doesn't, do the refresh for yourself. But now it's a desirous culture. Where would you like to work? What is the keyword? word? Collaborative. Growth mindset. Intuitive, team-oriented. Multi-ethnic, human. Trust, okay to fail, inclusive. Trust. It's interesting how this exercise almost always up with a similar keywords with the first one and the second one. And it's even more powerful if you do it in-house and ask the people inside of the organization how would they rate it and where they would like to be. So how can? How can we change that? So there, I will go back to the presentation now. And how can we change that, right? So sometimes I felt like this person with this square head and like don't know what to do, right? Like, uh, yeah, I would like this change to happen. And in some part of our organization, we've been collaborative, we trusted each other, and all those expressions would be true, or most of them. But in the other part of our organization, we didn't. It was like siloed base, pointing fingers all the time. So I thought like, how can I get there? And uh, culture is super difficult. To, uh, to be done so hey now should I maybe I should do this culture is super difficult to be done so I came up with this uh, metaphor of culture saying so like it's a clam this living creature right that thing living in the sea and constantly moving their halves from each other and back and from each other usually like that slow movement but sometimes it can go this way and by the way if you take them too far away, is that So the culture has these two halves, mindset and structure. The structure is the ground, the soil. We talk about decisions, we talk about strategy, we talk about power, tactics, structure, the roles, And payment structure as well, the career path, the positions, those rewards, right? And also the processes, the governance, the politics, the metrics, those type of things. What I learned working with organizations is that most of the times you don't have to touch it. I mean, you can, but you don't have to, right? Because it gives you enough flexibility with the other part of a mindset. So you can just let it be. For now. Don't take me wrong, I love to change it. And by the way, I actually did change it when I was transforming our organization. We actually changed completely the position scheme. We end up with a team member position. We get rid of all the specialized skilled positions. We get rid of uh, with a steep uh, salary path. We actually say, well, we narrow it down. For most of the people, we got three layers, junior, Regular position and senior position. We said that the seniors are here to learn the other people to grow, not because of their hard skills. We start different hiring process. we change the structure, the power, we change the strategy, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. We change the way how we measure success by the way as well. So we changed a lot. But I think mentally I always start with a mindset. I want to see people collaborating. I want to see their change in behavior, the self organization, this taking ownership and responsibility, those beliefs, the values, the identity like, who are we and who are we not? And actually, to be really fair, that's where we started. Like, what are our values? What is the organizational purpose? Why are we here? What would happen if we are not here? Tomorrow they close our company. What would happen? Would anyone miss this company? Things like that. So we came up with a quite strong vision with organizational purpose, like what is the value we are creating here? And we built a culture based on trust, with people, safety, openness, collaboration. It wasn't simple, but it worked. And only that shift in a mindset actually helps us to shift the structure. So we changed the culture. Interestingly, if you make the change, it's super sustainable. So when I left that company, everybody was good used to work based on self-organization. They've been leaders. They take over decisions. The new director who's been there call everyone next day into the meeting room and say, now we're going to do it differently. There must be a clear responsibility. We're going to do the PMO office here and do it like the other organizations are doing. There must be Clear power roles, etc., processes, things like that. And I felt so sad hearing it. They're going to break what I've been building here for years, uh, for two years. But it feels like ages, right? It was my baby in a way. This organization, which was running by itself, and now he's going to break it. Mm. But I said, okay, I'm gone. That's okay. I have to go. I have to move on. Three months after, I went for lunch with my ex-colleagues, right, again. And I asked them like, hey, so do you have now the clear responsibility back? And do you have those processes? And they said, no, we don't. And like, how come? We work exactly the same way as before. I was like, what? How come? And they said, ah, we don't know. We haven't seen him much. So here's the thing. It was working quite well. So why would you change it? I mean, you can say things. But if you only say it, you don't change culture. You have to put the same strong effort to shift that culture to a different direction. I've seen it working. They destroy that type of culture in like almost no time. But it was a big effort. This guy, he didn't. He just used his, the advantage of this. Interesting. So keep it in mind. It takes you, for me, it was like three quarters of a year to make it working, mostly without me. When I feel like confident, I can go for a vacation. Before that, it was a nightmare. I have to answer all of their questions, mostly by myself. But it worked, right? So it takes time and effort to build it. But once you do that, it's running by itself. And all you can do is to enjoy. Nice. Effortless. So that's the culture. Then what uh, we really care about from uh, the organizational perspective, be able to see it from a system perspective. So there is this metaphor about a system. Like what is this system about? So first of all, imagine you're not part of that organization somewhere inside of that network. Kind of you are. But you're also able to look at it from a, Observation tower from 10,000 feet perspective. And from that perspective, it's more quiet, it's more calm. So you can be able to listen to the voice of the system. What is this organization trying to tell you? Is there a frustration here? Or is there a happiness here? Are they laughing? Are they stressed? What is happening, right? And once you start listening and observing from that distance of your mind, then you usually realize that who knows what is right and what is not. Because from that perspective, there is no right, no wrong, exists What is good for this side of organization is actually bad for those guys and vice versa. And it's too complex to even name it. So then you say, okay, well, everyone is right, but only partially. So those are the three rules which I learned about being a leader in an Agile organization in that fluffy system networkish living organism which is constantly morphing into different shape and form. Right? No right, no wrong, access. So being an Agile leader, that's something you might at the end of the day need to embrace. So first step, get awareness about what is happening in that organization. Be able to watch, listen, feel what's going on. Be curious. No, that's interesting. Oh, those guys are stressed. How come that those guys are not? Hmm, nice. I wanna know more. I wanna look from a different angle, right? And once you have that, once you do that enough, Then the second step would be embracing it kind of feeling like all right i trust the system i somehow understand it but no judgment it's like no wrong no right it's just happening oh that's interesting how fascinating and if you can say that how fascinating without saying oh that's wrong or they should not be doing that right like that comes, hey. Only then you're able to act something and do something. Some small change, tiny one. Just a tap of the system. Or maybe coach them so they see things from a different perspectives as well. Bring them along to that observation tower and show them one additional perspective. And if you can do that, then you go back and observe what's happening. Now they are a little bit more aware about that thing. How did it change the complete system dynamics and behavior and relationships within that organization. And that thing all around, all around, all around. Few competencies as an agile leader, you must have a vision because without a vision, there is no direction. <coughs> there is no motivation either. The motivation will give you the energy of going, right? But the vision is driving factor there. Feedback. How many of you are learning from feedback from your peers or from the employees if you're a manager? How many times you changed the way you do things based on the feedback you received? And how many times you did the exact opposite? You actually say, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't understand. They don't know. I know better. So feedback, right? On the bottom of that star, you have three changes. We said the first one, everything star is changing yourself. <laughs> changing yourself, right? Be a role model of a leader. Then changing through working with other people. And then the third one is, uh, <coughs> the third one is changing through working with the system. Very interesting thing. And then finally, you have this decision and collaboration. So in traditional organization, you will have a decision-making process together with delegation. But here we have a deciding and collaboration because at the end of the day, you need to collaborate with others. You need to be able to bring them in. Finally, over here, coaching and facilitation. Soft skills. Then, at the end of the time, I have a few things for you, saying your job is to help others to become leaders, right? That's all what matters anyway. You need to help others to become leaders and support this we culture, this culture of collaboration, this culture of working togetherness, maybe is the right word, the culture of togetherness. And um, that's what it all matters. So I have a last voting session for you. There are three questions. And if I'm not mistaken, you can actually take them in your own pace. So you can go next question, next question, next question. So here it is. What kind of leader are you? How do you approach different situations? So again, there is this menti.com. This time the code is 21, 28, and 8. And you can start clicking. I think you can just right away go to the second and third question. I'll show you the results after all. The first one says, what is the most important for you? Tactics, strategy, or vision at your job? Where do you focus? Where do you think you need to focus? And there is no right, no wrong. Tactics, strategy, vision. The second question would be What is the best description of a leader? Now, leaders are respected and followed by others. That's a traditional kind of definition. Leaders should motivate other people, or leaders need to empower others. And the third one, where is your preference? Creating a one-on-one relationships, individuals. So when I work with Scrum Masters at the beginning of their journey, they're afraid to build anything else and I was not any different. I was building those one-on-one relationships with all of my team members, but I was trying to work with them individually. It worked for me at least for a certain period of time. Then the traditional managers, like even those successful ones, they create those one-to-many relationships, like groups around them. They look for buy-in, right? While the last one group should be the catalysts, right? And those catalysts, they facilitate many-to-many relationships, like autonomous teams in networks. But that's super hard, by the way. And even if I would kind of say, yes, that was trying to be me, Many times, I was the middle one, trying to sell my own ideas instead of letting them grow. So there is a difference, at least from my experience, where we like to be and where we are. And it's good to think about it. There is about 3% of catalysts in the organizations. Only. So is that chart representing our desire or is it representing the reality? And I'm not saying anything about that. I just let you think about this. Three tips to the summary and then we do some questions, answers if you're interested in anything. So first, agile is not your goal. It's just the best, the best way how to achieve some of your more strategic goals. Second, leaders need to change first. The organization will follow. So it's all about you. You can start tomorrow. It's just about how you react, how you act, what kind of relationships you form around yourself? Are you focusing on vision, results, tactics, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. You can make a big difference just by acting differently. Just having a crush to do things in a different way of working. And finally, help the others to become leaders and support that weak culture. Three tips. As a summary, here is a link to my um, existing book, The Great Scrum Master, if you're interested in. And... uh, Feel free to contact me. Here's my email, website, blogs. And feel free to connect with me over LinkedIn.
1: Now, any
0: questions? The slide
1: did not change. So if you want to, I'm I'm not sure why it didn't display. Because I have my notes slides and the real slides
0: (laughs) for some reason. All right, there we go. Now you have it right so any questions
2: anyone i hope you do
1: everyone you do have the ability to come off of mute to ask a question so feel free to do that we've got roughly five minutes for questions one? one if no one else does um I wrote a few questions down. Who in your organization, how did y'all handle hiring? And um, if someone needed to be terminated, was that done team-based and they had the power to make those decisions or is that done somewhere else?
0: We got, I was the HR director, I have one HR person with me. So she was at all, either me or she or both been at all the uh, interviews, but also we actually make it uh, team-based interviews. There was always uh, somebody from a team, usually Scrum Master and somebody from the team, like uh, the the developers or testers. And, uh, what we also say, we try. We, it was a several-step process. We started with like seven-round process with a test first, and then HR person, and then this, and then that. It was like couple months interview process. Our goal was to make it in um, in uh, one round, one day. So we should be able to tell that person, sorry, you're not the best fit. Or actually, we would like to give you an offer. Give us a time. And at the end of today, you have an offer formalized. And part of it was that we also let people to walk around the organization, like go to the team. So we guide them to the team and say, hey, you can have a look how we work. Do you want to talk to the team? Would you like to have a lunch with them or go for a coffee with them? And just talk in a non-formal organization. So we actually involved a team into hiring process. And there was always a team voice in it. It was a collaborative effort, I would say.
1: Great, there's a couple in chat um, about the size of the organization and how did you allocate budget, like project-based or function-based, or?
0: Uh, The organization was about 120, 130 people. And uh, budget, uh, we actually uh, say we have... um, quarter cycles. We check it every month. But every quarter we evaluate it and say across all the projects we have in the big department, how profitable are we are we and are we making our margins? And actually we when we did, we split, we decided to do the bonus system based on that. So every quarter our finance director calculated what's the margin and what is the extra profit and what's the percentage the employees will get but we didn't make it project-based because we said we are, at the end of the day, one company, we help each other. So some projects been sold as more profitable, some others as not that profitable. So we didn't want to have those people to be, you know, beaten up because of our sales policy. So we actually make it at the whole entire department level.
1: Awesome, thank you. All right, we have time for probably one more question. Um, Paulo? Yeah, I would like to ask a question. Thank you, Susie, that was very great stuff. And all that you shared, it really makes sense, and I would like to be myself this kind of leader, and I bet everyone here shares the same feeling. However, when we join an organization that is established, is in place, has been there for years, you already have leaders occupying their positions You already have people that have been asked by the organization for the expectations they had before an agile transformation started to to, to take place. So you've found situations of command and control, uh, political scenarios, and things like that. What's your advice for building up those already established leaderships into this new role model?
0: I would say... Those people are leaving, time to time, because of a new opportunity, because of a new job, et cetera, so be ready. I felt the same way, I've got those. they've been three, three department leaders for those three departments which I took over. It never came to my mind, it's even that little possible to take it over. So when our new owners went around and asked like the older employees, right? Like, what would you like to change and how would you like to do it? I wasn't afraid and I was like sharing with them my crazy visions. But also I thought like they will pragmatic part of me was like, they will never give me a chance in that anyway. So it's a waste of my time. But what we don't have at all is HR. So that's actually how I became an HR director. Because when they gave me that biggest engineering, those 110 people, then actually they said, and by the way, you ask for HR, we can have it as well. So don't be afraid and ask for it. Share your visions, share your ideas. Go and talk to your CEO. So uh, I was never like going around my boss. I always go to my boss and then when he said, no, that's not for me. I have to talk to somebody else. Then I walk to the CEO office and say, hey, I want to talk to you. I have this idea how we can make things differently. Right. So I'm, I think it's plus and minus at the same time. So I never really take care about hierarchies. I am not the type of person who says, oh, that's the manager. I have to listen. I don't care. That's a person and I treat him as equal. If that's the CEO, well, okay, maybe he's smart enough. Maybe he got lucky, but I have a conversation with them. And sometimes I like have a full respect, like, wow, what an interesting person. I'm not saying I do not respect them, but I do respect them not because of their position, but because of what they do. And therefore I've been always like open speaking and some people can't stand me because of that. So therefore I'm saying like, be careful on this. But at the end of the day, that's what helped me always, never be afraid to talk to those guys Mm. and share your visions. Maybe they're naive, it was naive from me. And it is still naive what I'm doing all the time, but it sometimes works because of that. So that enthusiasm, courage,
2: openness, transparency, trust in the system.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much, Zuzi. This was a great session, great presentation. Really appreciate it.